jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic So, thanks for the invite to party, yeah Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now, dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night Now, easy as flying a kite Now, come take a look at it right Now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins. Join with me as always are the guys from Any Given Pod, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? We made it to the Dirty 30. Dirty 30, yeah. Episode yeah. 30. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm about to say, another milestone, man. Fucking crazy, bro. Just keep grinding, you know, and keep putting it out and good things will happen, I think, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, we don't stop for the offseason. Dynasty underdog fucking all year long, bro. Three, six, five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. About to be dropping two episodes a week. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> Trying to put your boy to work. Honestly, I know. Maybe, yo, maybe after the wedding, bro. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's hop in some news and nonsense. Uh, I just have a couple things here. Obviously, the big one is Wentz. I. If you guys want a really detailed breakdown, go check out Any Given Pod. They did a quick little, I think like 20-minute pod on kind of the fallout of Wentz to the Colts. But let's talk about it here. How do you guys feel about it? I think it's a smart move for all parties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said when it happened, I thought that it was – I I thought it was a pretty fair deal because, you know, they – the uh the Philadelphia Eagles they get that um that second round pick back that could turn into a first uh so you know while I think we all knew that it was a pipe dream to get anything near the Matthew Stafford trade with you know with all the other details involved that I thought I thought the Eagles did a decent job in getting some value back because it's probably it's it's pretty likely that that'll turn into a first uh I think it was based on Wentz playing 70 percent or 75 percent of the snaps or 70 percent and making the playoffs right yeah. so um, I, I love, you know, I, I love the deal for the Colts. I, they had the money to do it. So, you know, the money's not really an object here and they get a guy who, you know, who was a former MVP candidate, uh, you know, had a fallout with his, with his team in Philly and gets a new shot with the Colts under, as Josh pointed out last week under um, Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator formerly uh in, that, in he knows, that he succeeded under had his mvp caliber season they made it to the super bowl he didn't win it obviously but the team won it but yeah wednesday, yeah. Well, wednesday yeah. Won it, but Big so, i mean i think it's a smart move if there was any team that was going to do is the colts like uh billy just said they were able, able to absorb the cap hit no problem so i agree 100 i think we talked about it before when it was just kind of a rumor and we all kind of was wondering, hey, what's, what's the best landing spot for Wentz? And I think majority of people really thought that if he ended up in uh, Indianapolis, that would be a, a good move for him. So mostly with the Frank Wright connection, the offensive line, et cetera. So like, I like what Billy had said before. is like, you know, it's put up or shut up time now for Wentz. Like you, you can't complain, right? You're given a second opportunity. You're going to a, a better situation. So if, if you, if you still suck, maybe you just, maybe you do suck, you know, so. Yeah. 
and uh, that, that's what I said. I mean, and I, I actually wrote the article for DFF um, about the Wentz trade. And I said that, you know, if this doesn't work out, there are no more excuses for the Wentz truthers. There's really no more excuses. Uh, he's, you know, he's getting his second shot here in a good situation with, you know, good talent around him. He, he, sh- he should succeed if he is the caliber of quarterback we think he is. How do you guys feel about uh, Michael Pittman coming out and saying, nah, man, you can't have 11. You ain't getting my number. <laughs> maybe maybe if Wentz didn't create such a stink over in Philly, he'd give it to him. Yeah, maybe. I think it's great. I mean, stand your ground. Don't. Yeah. Wentz is not nobody of notoriety. This isn't Tom Brady. You know, God mm-hmm. doesn't have to give his number up or anything. Like, <laughs> um, But what I will say real quick is I, 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 I got this feeling with the Big Ben news today as well. Um, and I've, I, it's not buyer's remorse. It's, I guess not, it's not buying remorse. Um, I kind of think that, you know, I, I, I know I missed out on the boat um, of buying Wentz cheap. Uh, you know, now that he's with the Colts, his value instantly goes up and skyrockets. So I think that there was an opportunity to get a cheap quarterback in super flex leagues there for a while that if you didn't take advantage of, you just missed out on. And I mentioned Big Ben because, you know, news coming out of him likely coming back with the Steelers. It's just another one. I'm in a draft right now where Big Ben went and it's a Debbie, you know, it's a Debbie league or whatever. So it's deep, but I'm in like, we're in like the 20th round and Big Ben was sitting there and oh. like, and I, and I could use a quarterback, you know what I mean? Like I, I kind of faded the quarterbacks and I was, I don't know what it is. I just like, I hate doing it when, when the negative side of things is, uh, is kind of like permeating rather than when the positive news comes out. So it's just kind of like, something I kind of kick myself to put out there. Like when these dips in value happen, like definitely buy in on them. Uh, don't be scared to like lose a little bit of value trying to like buy in or pick them earlier than they should go quote unquote. You know what I yeah, mean? Cause I, I, cause I, I just missed out on, on, on value in both of these players uh, because I, I waited on the news. So just something to think about. Yeah. There, there is some upside to waiting on the news. Cause then you at least know what you're buying. But if you, you're never you're never gonna see that big uh, value hike if you don't take a risk. So yeah, if you don't risk it for the biscuit, man. If you risk don't drop if you don't drop all your fab on James Robinson, then you don't <laughs> then you don't get the benefit of having James Robinson and being able to sell him and all that. So you gotta yeah. risk it sometimes, man. Cool. All right, next news. Uh, I was reading the article where they asked uh, Devonta Smith straight up like who who he prefers, Mac Jones or Tua, and without hesitation, he said Mac Jones. How do you feel about that, Josh? So I feel it was more victim of circumstance, I'd say. He played with Mac Jones more <laughs> than he played with Tua. And that's fair. I don't know. I just feel like he feels like he has a better connection with Mac Jones than he does with Tua. But there's no I, way for him to answer that question right. That was yeah. that, that's fucked up for the reporter to ask him that. It's it's a trap <laughs> no matter how you look at it. And as much as I want to try justifying it, it was just a trap question. Did he so, did he give any reasoning? From what I saw in the quotes, it didn't it didn't look like it. I didn't listen to it, so I don't know. Just so I I, I read what someone transcribed, but uh, I got to check that out because yeah, I mean it's it's something like it's it's interesting, but I don't know if it matters much. I'm sure like you know two was great. He had some he had success under two. I'm sure if he got drafted to the Dolphins, he'd be ecstatic. I, yeah, maybe it's a matter of preference because. Honestly, Devontae Smith came into his, you know, uh, his Heisman form under Mac Jones. And yeah. 
he's the number one receiver for Mac Jones and getting all the, the, you know, the receptions and the targets. So I think it's probably a little bit of that. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. It's funny. The, uh, the reporter that reported on it, he said like, without hesitation, you know, he said Jones. And I was like, <laughs> Oh man, probably getting paid by Jones's agent. I don't know, but yeah, I thought it was funny. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in it. It's an interesting thing, but, uh, but again, like, it, like Josh said, it's kind of circumstantial, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, one really quick thing on Tiger Woods. Obviously, everybody knows he was in the car accident and got hurt. But it just came out now that he was on his way to meet Drew Brees and Justin Herbert for a photo shoot, and he was running late for it. Really? That's the Tiger Woods thing? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I heard wow. he was either, like, running late to give him lessons or do a photo shoot or something like that. Yeah. That's just, like, uh, 20 minutes away from where I live, so it's kind of crazy. But That is oh, why. Take yeah. your time, people. Like, seriously, <laughs> nothing, nothing is ever worth rushing like that, bro. So this next one, I don't know anything. I'm going to sit back and learn from you guys because I have yet to be in an auction draft, like not auction, uh, redraft, dynasty, nothing. Never done auction. I feel like I don't want, don't want any part of it, but why don't you go ahead and know? Uh, <laughs> Yes, you do. Trust me. When you, if you ever get into a, an auction draft, like you probably won't want to go back. It's, it's yeah. the, it, I don't know. For me, <laughs> it's two things. You, you get who you want for yeah. sure. You can, oh, you yeah. can make sure you get who you want. And it's the only way to like really get true values on players within any given league. Right. Because at that point you're fine. You're finding out who's willing to spend on what player, like who is valuable to you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and, and everybody has their preference, honestly. Like, I, I just think that it, it, it give it, you know, it adds an extra factor and adds, it adds more to the fantasy league and, and it makes it, you know, it makes it a little bit more like real life where players have contracts or you have to spend money on players, that whole thing. So it, it, that's not the point. Either way, I just wanted to, to talk a little bit of auction draft strategy and just give some people a couple tips and just things that like I think about when I, when I'm in an auction um, because they can be overwhelming and there's a lot that goes into it and all that. So um, just wanted to touch on a few of these, Josh, you can definitely jump in and, um, and speak your mind on them as well. Um, I'll probably try to run through them quick and then we can discuss, but all right. First thing, this is the most important, know your league mates, like in any draft, it's really important to know your league mates because you know, like in a snake who will fall, like who's not going to get picked and those things. But it matters even more in an auction draft where you have an opportunity to get any given player and opportunity to nominate any player. So, you know, knowing who your league mates like, who they don't like, uh, what they prioritize, uh, it really all matters because then you can play a little bit more with the auction board and, and strategize around that, right? So... I mean, off that, uh, I'll just say nominate players that you don't want and you know that your league mates want, right? So in an auction, you have the opportunity to nominate a player. Any player. Any player to go up for auction, right? So one of the things that you want to do for sure <laughs> is nominate players that you know your league mates are going to want, but you're not going to want, right? Because they spend their money early. Because not only do they spend their budget early on them, but also they fill up their roster quicker with them. And that's less spots that they can use for players down the road, right? So that's a huge one um, that people you know, may not know going right into it. Another one is nominating players ahead of ADP. Now that's similar to, to the last one, nominating players you don't want, but what you're doing is um, you're you know, nominate, nominating a guy like, uh, what's his name, the, slipped my mind, the backup running back in Cleveland. Um, Cream Hunt. 
nominating Kareem Hunt, right? Who has, you know, he has a lure to his name, right? He's somebody that most people might think have, have some upside uh, still in his career, but you know, he's a guy that's going pretty late in startups. Now say you nominate him early, somebody spends, you know, $10 of their hundred dollars on him or something like that. That's, that's a good bit of their budget that you just got rid of. Right. So what you're really trying to do is strategize around your league mates and, um, and get rid of players in the pool that you might not want, or, you know, that, um, that others can take early and you can really prioritize the top tier players. So those are, those are a couple of just like knowing your league mates, knowing uh, the player pool and like who to nominate when uh, another, another strategy I like to implement um, especially in super flex leagues. I mean, this doesn't really work in, in one QB leagues, but nominating QBs early is one of the best things you can do in a super flex league. Uh, and what I also like to do, and this can be risky, but I like to price check them. So, and what I mean by that is like, I like to upbid them and try to get, so like, you know, nominating Aaron Rodgers, somebody who's older, but a lot of people like who's still productive, right? Nominate him early and just hike up his price. You know what I mean? Now, obviously you risk, if you hike up his price too high, then you're stuck with his price. But, you know, if you're smart enough and you understand your league mates, maybe you have a Green Bay fan in there, right? And you're like, I know I ain't going to spend too much on this guy. So you just want to hike him up, hike him up, hike him up. And what that does is not only are you getting rid of QBs, but you are making people spend a lot of money on QBs early. So later they're not going to focus on, okay, I'm going to go, you know, if if somebody nominates, uh, trying to think of like, if somebody nominates Dak Prescott, right. Especially coming off the injury later, later in the draft, they're, they're not going to want to prioritize, you know, focusing their money on that guy when they already have a quarterback on their roster, they spent, you know, they spent a lot on and they need wide receivers and running backs. So um, really trying to, force people into a position where they need to take, where they have taken a quarterback or they need to take that quarterback um, or they perceive that they need to take that quarterback because of what's going on on the board. Um, that's another thing I really like to implement. So, uh, so I've never done one before. So does, do you guys get to nominate in like a snake order? Okay. So it's good question. That typical. So initially like there's, we usually pick like, um, whether it's random or you do like a, a randomizer or pick names out of a hat, whatever you want to do. Usually you pick like an initial there is a drop um, order of like nomination. Um, of nomination. nomination, exactly. Order of nomination initially. But then after that, so the way it usually goes is the typically how, how I've been in it is uh, you nominate the first 12 in order. And then after that, as the person say I'm the 12th person and I nominated uh, Deshaun Watson, he goes off the board first. Now I can go ahead and nominate a player if I want. Right. As soon as your player comes off the board, you have to nominate another player. But the oh, thing okay. is, anytime anybody bids, the clock resets. So let's say you have a 24-hour clock. Somebody can wait till 23.59, bid a dollar up, and then you got to wait another day to see what happens. Oh, really? So, these, so auction drafts could honestly last. I think the longest I was in was like two and a half weeks or something. So this is, this is something I wasn't, yeah, they can last a while. This is something I wasn't going to bring up, but it's a great, great point. And Josh kind of leads me right to it is, so he, he just, uh, he, he just hit on one of the, one of the other strategies that you can implement, which is 
really trying to reset the clock on on players constantly right and keeping them on the board um and what that does is obviously it allows other player other um managers to have an opportunity to bid on them again it, it really it just leaves them on the board for another 12 hours instead of um being off the board and you winning them right so there's a big advantage to in in uh, in these auction drafts most of them, I mean, you can set them up cer certain, you know, different ways, but the majority of them that I've been in is proxy bidding where you bid a certain amount, but nobody can see what your actual bid is. They can just see what the current highest bid is. So if somebody's 124 and I bid, and that's the highest bid, right? I bid them up to 125 and I now own the highest bid. I can, in the background say, I want to put actually 140 on this but their current bid only shows 125 to everybody else. So what they can do is they can try to bid me up, right? And they can bid me up to 140. And then once it hits 140, they now they're the, the lead bidder. So that's what I'm saying. Like I've never, strategy, done it that, I've never done it that way. Mine are always public, like yeah, see. posted. But the yeah, other see, thing is that- That's different. Uh, so you're, you have your budget. You could trade your budget for picks or you can do whatever you need to do, but you could bid on as many players as you want, as long as you're within your budget. So technically you could be bidding on all 12 players at the same time and win all 12 players on that board at one time. Yeah, so you can. That's definitely not how it happens, but yeah, you can win way more players than than uh than you'd think. Um especially you can win as many on the board as possible. But um so what I was getting at though is especially in proxy bidding uh where they can't see your highest bid. I mean, it is so valuable to not lose the clock. Once you're at like an hour, you want your proxy bid somewhere where they can't fucking touch you. Now you don't want them bidding you up to that, that bid, right? You don't want somebody bidding you up like $30 past it, but there, there is significant value in not having the clock reset on you. Right? Like, first of all, now you, if the clock's reset on you, you have to spend more money than you were willing to spend. <laughs> if you want that player, yeah. somebody else has an opportunity to get them. Right. So, um, so in proxy bidding, like it's, it's very important once you're at a certain place, especially on the clock, like you want to try to set your bid somewhere where nobody's going to go somewhere you're comfortable with, obviously, but somebody where nobody's going to go because you don't want the clock reset on you. Um, Interesting. So just one more thing, like two, two more things real quick that I want to say. One is focus on running backs and wide receivers more than anything. Like I said, you can nominate quarterbacks, but you likely don't want to be the one bidding on them early. Same with tight ends because unless it's the, unless it's the top two, like yeah, and you can do that, but you're gonna spend so much money on them. I can perfect example actually is in uh in the the Debbie league I'm in right now that we're drafting. It had an auction in it. Travis Kelsey was the only tight end that went in the auction. Went for like one seventy or two hundred of a of a thousand dollar budget, and I ended up getting Mark Andrews in. I think the third or fourth round of the snake, which is really the sixth round ish. Yeah. So I got Mark Andrews for a serious value and I still got myself one of the top three guys, but I didn't pay up. So, you know, there's just, um, where's a good example. Where did Kettle go? Just out of curiosity. He went one overall in the snake. Okay. Yeah. It's tied in premium. <clears throat> so, so you guys do your auction draft or your auction, but you only auction until what, everybody's broke or a certain amount of players. So it depends. It depends. Yeah. Like, um, in the league I was in, obviously we had three, we had like three rounds of an auction essentially, but in one that is an entire, it, it, that's just the whole draft is an auction. Yeah. You're going to, I mean, 
you draft until you're until you're broke. Like Josh could Josh could leave with five players if right. if he just spent on five players and now he has to fill with you know waiver wire and trades yeah. and shit. Or you so either you play until you're or you keep going until you're broke or until your league is your team is filled. So yeah. either or and whatever money you don't spend carries over. So sometimes I mean that's not how it always is. Like my my league didn't do you that. You could sorry for cutting off, Billy. No, no, you're fine. But you, you could tell you could say like, okay, I'm done betting at this point, and then you can't nominate anybody else. So okay, yeah, kind of sounds like I need to get in an auction. Okay. Sounds Dude, fun. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fun. yeah, yeah, it is awesome. Whenever I thought about auctions, I in my mind I thought you would do the whole year. Say you're in a Debbie or Dynasty and it's you got 28 players. I'm like, I don't think I'd want to bid on what 240 or whatever the player pool would be at that point. Like, it's like that seems like a it, it gets daunting after a little. <laughs> yeah, you're, bet, you're betting on like Devin Duvernay and shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it gets <clears throat> uh, it can get a little bit, and I think that's why, um, especially in like the deeper league Debbie leagues that like I'm doing in this league that I'm doing, but I think that's why specifically this commissioner set it up this way, because this is probably the best format I've ever done drafting, which is like top 36. So three rounds of uh, an auction and then go into a snake, because like you're saying, it does get ridiculous. Like you guys are fighting over, you know, $2 on, on Devin Duvernay or something on a 12 hour, eight hour clock. Like you don't need to fucking do that. So it's like you, you do an auction for the most valuable players and then you run through the snake at the end of it. And I think that's the, I like that idea. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. That's awesome, man. Like when you said that you wanted to talk about, it, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have any input. I have questions, but I mean, I figured I've been doing this fantasy football thing for quite a while and dynasty for this will be my third year. So if I haven't been in an auction, I bet there's some listeners that haven't either. And now they have a better idea of. I'm sure. I mean, my first. I've been doing dynasty for, I mean, fancy for over 10 years. My first auction was last year. So that, that's great content, man. Awesome. Hell yeah. We'll definitely talk more about auctions and the, the hybrid thing that I was just mentioning. We'll definitely talk about that in a couple of weeks here. Cool. All right, man. Uh, I got a Jeopardy question for you guys. Let's do it. I'm guessing you'll get it, but this rookie running back led all rookie running backs in 100 yard plus rushing games in 2020. Josh, Kelly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've had. The, I was reading this and I had it in my head the whole time. I don't know. I don't know if this is the answer, but James Robinson. Yes, sir. James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, you know. As soon as I read it earlier, I was like, <laughs> "That is my guy." <laughs> yeah, I just had to throw out that. It was pretty cool, man. I was still trying to toot him up as much as I possibly can. So, just one hell of a season from the guy. So. Yeah, it really was. It really was, and I, you know, I, I feel like the only thing this offseason is doing to me with James Robinson is slowly discouraging me away from him for some reason. And there, I, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing concrete to look at, right? Like he finished the season great and they don't have a new running back. They just have a new coach and they're getting a new quarterback who should be the best. Why, <laughs> why is, is, is like, do I have like this negative like film over my eyes when looking at James Robinson? I, I don't know what it is, but you know, we're hearing a lot about, you know, of course, uh, undrafted free agents don't do this and they don't, you know, they don't do it multiple times. So yeah, it's just playing against the odds, I guess. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like we talked about it. Like, do we have blind, do I personally have blinders on about, you know, facts. And I think I do with him. (laughs) Fact is in console wars, I did send out offers for, to move 
James Robinson. Yeah. One got rejected right away, but uh, still waiting to hear back from the other guys. So. Okay. Like, All right. I really like him, but I don't like the uncertainty. So what are you trying to get back? Eckler. So I sent Robinson plus a pick for Eckler. I'm surprised that won't, I would be surprised that doesn't get done for somebody. I mean, it just, just with Eckler's status, you know, coming off the injury, knowing he's not like the workhorse style guy, you could get James Robinson who might be that. I don't know. It's it would plus, you know what I mean? It seems like you should get that done. Yeah. I, I, I got three shots, you know, multi-copy <laughs> league. So I got three shots and, uh, you know, yeah. You know, Eckler's values dropped a little bit. Like I looked at his ADP, it was like uh, running back 13 uh, in September. And then February ADP, it was like running back 16 or 17. So he's dropped a little bit. Yep. And I was like, the value's got to be close for somebody. And if I throw in a pick, maybe, and then I'll feel a little more comfortable knowing Eckler's going to be there for a couple of years. James Robinson might not be. So, so do we think that James Robinson can lead all, uh, lead the, the second year running backs? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, probably not. So who 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 do who beats him out? Because I don't know if Dobbins does. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I was I just wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear it. I also think that uh, DeAndre Swift has a chance to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Moving on. This is a fun one that I think we talked about where I got this little saying, but I wanted to throw it out there again. I've been digging into some wide receivers, going through databases, doing my own research, and coming up with some like things that like really stick out to me. So here's a guy that probably will be drafted in like the late third round, fourth rounds of rookie picks. And so here we go. Let him hate. I'll take him late. Thanks at Jack Moosen. So my guy is Jalen Darden. He's from wide receiver out of North Texas. So pretty small school. He is five foot nine, 175. But the dude's amazing. Uh, when he has the ball in his hand, he's twitchy and shifty as hell. Like he makes everybody miss when the ball's thrown to him. Like if it's behind him, in front of him, above him or below him, he's, he's snatching it with his hands, hand catching it. Okay. I mean, on the no, move. Not body catching. Okay. No, no. I didn't see a single body catch, man. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a ball thrown at the goal line, like at his ankles. And he just bent down all yoga style and just snatched it. <laughs> yoga, all yoga style. Damn. <laughs> I mean, so, so good. But Pliable. He's, he's tiny, dude. He's so tiny. Um, but um, player profiler, they have him as a 61.1 dominator rating, 99th percentile. That's fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Small school, so competition, whatever, but still, it's 99th percentile. Um, breakout age is 20.6. That puts him, wait, yeah, breakout age, 20.6. Um, Let's see, uh, his final year, he had 68% market share of touchdowns, 42% market share of receiving yards, 19 touchdowns in nine games. So, I mean, he was like the whole offense. It's basically as it goes. And uh, when you, you just watch him, like he's just one of those guys, you're like, holy crap, like he's making everybody miss. It's, it's amazing. So I think, um, I think landing spot will be a big thing for him also. Landing spot, landing spot will matter and draft capital will matter. I mean, if he... If he can get picked on day two or something like that, that'd be fantastic. You know, whatever, somewhere before the sixth round, really, it'd be good for him. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about this guy. I got to go do some do some research. I mean, seriously, 99th percentile dominator rating really sticks out. Uh, that means he was the entire offense, the entire offense. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of similar to the guy I, I mentioned the last time, Tutu Atwell, only I think Tutu 
will get drafted in the NFL before before uh, Darden does. Sure. But this is kind of we talked about like some of those uh, 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 baselines that you want your your wide receivers to hit in the later rounds when you're drafting. And so like if you're, you're throwing dart picks, right? You might as well throw yeah. dart picks on players who have a 60, uh, 99th percentile dominator rating, uh, breakout age, you know, 20.6, but whatever. Like he's slayed. He's slayed at school, small school, but he's one of those guys that like it's worth a shot, right? So. Absolutely. I mean, these are the guys, you, you know, the guys who, who show up um, on the top end of the predictive metric scale, right? There you go. In the, in the back end of the drafts, like those are who, you know, the third, fourth rounds, those are who you want to target because they do have that upside. Um, I'd be interested to know if like, did he put, did he punt return or do any of that stuff in anything you watched? Like just wondering, because that'll get him onto a team, you know? Yeah. Uh, I believe looking on, player profiler only one year did he have any special teams work okay which for yeah, whatever I mean, reason i don't know yeah like that's a, this is the kind of guy small guy who i could easily see being a punt returner on a team and working his way into you know into that gadget player role somewhere so yeah it, this isn't this is one to keep on your radar man 61.1 percent dominator rating 20.6 breakout age like this is this is a guy for sure yeah i did a quick little twitter thread on him i didn't really add a whole lot of words to it but i made like four gifts that really stood out. So if you go to my page, check it out, like you'll see what I'm talking about. He's just shifty's the, the best word. So. Awesome. Yeah. We will share that on the, uh, any given pod account too. So, you know, definitely go check that out on the social medias. Awesome. Um, all right. We have a listener question this week. That's nice. Hey, let's go. Our, uh, our loyal listener at RBCR Jennings, Riley Jennings. So, Riley wants to know how long is it too long to wait for a trade answer to be received? So I assume, I mean, there's not much context here. I assume he's talking about, you know, if, say you send out a trade in MFL or sleeper or something. Um, you know, they, I think they have like a two week deadline on them. <laughs> you waiting that long for an answer or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, I think probably after, I think if you're really like checking in and like, it's something you really want to get done. I probably would only let it sit there for three days before I revoke it personally. I think two to three days is a good amount of time. Yeah. I mean, honestly, immediately, if you don't respond immediately, I'm revoking it and you have no shot. <laughs> All right. That's it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gone with Billy. Uh, no, I, I'm going to be honest. So I think it's less than three days. I, you know, especially in dynasty leagues, at the very least, people should be paying attention, paying attention to the chats and their, their DMs and whatnot. Right. So the way I do things is I'll send a trade a trade offer. I'll give it a day. If there's no movement, no nothing, no response or whatever, I'll hit them up in the next day and be like, Hey, any interest, any, any interest at all. And like that, it should get, it should get either denied or accepted from there. And then if you have a conversation that, that lasts a week to get something done, that doesn't matter to me, but I'm not, I'm really not in the business of just like set sitting trades out there um and letting them sit for a long time I, I i really it's more about just like activity and and like getting it done and and keeping things moving what about you josh no i mean i agree 100 i mean like i said in about two days for me you should be active enough to know that if you're getting a trade request in if that you don't the person doesn't respond right away hit them up go out of your way, reach out to them. If they still don't respond, then revoke it, but at least make the attempt to notify them. Cause sometimes they might not get the notification or something, but if you reach out with the chat or something, there's really no excuse. Yeah. 
also there's the, there is the issue of like, you know, you could leave, you could leave a trade out there, right. For a player, say you're going to get Tyreek Hill, whatever, that's who you want to go get. Right. And you send a, a nice package for Tyreek and then Tyreek gets arrested and he's not going to play next season. And buddy just accepts the trade. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. because, because he let it sit there for four days, like it, or because you let it sit there for four days and didn't revoke it. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's, there's things that can happen in between, you know, what things that can happen with these players in between the trade being sent and it being, um, and it being accepted or whatever that I don't really want to play with. Absolutely. I didn't think about that. That's a, so I, I uh, you know, typically my trading style is kind of hands off. I, I'm, I'm trying to get better, but uh, I'll usually, I'll put together a trade. I know I feel a hundred percent comfortable with send it out. And then I don't even really look at it. Like eventually I'll go back and check and see if I got accepted, if I haven't got a notification, but I'm perfectly fine letting it sit there. So maybe I should change that, not do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm also impatient. Like I'm not <laughs> like, I'm just like, once I send something out, I'm like, yo, are we is doing this? this about, is yeah. this about to get done? Like, <laughs> man, I don't know. If, like, and also like, you know, you go back and forth and you waver on things. So it's like, you, you start feeling certain ways about it. I just want these things to get done. But um, that said, I'm definitely not saying like, if somebody, if I hit somebody up and they're like, Hey, like I'm busy, I'll get back to you on Friday. Like I'm going to obviously I'll let it fucking chill or, or I'll tell them like, yo, I'll send it back to you Thursday. Like I've done oh, yeah. that before. I dead ass have been like, all right, I'll send it back through in a couple days. Like, whatever give me a few days to marinate on it yeah i like that great question quick question yep all right so i figured uh we'll pick up where we left off last week last week we covered the free agent tight ends uh the infamous trey burton was a hot topic (laughs) (laughs) and this week so i put together the list of notable wide receivers that are free agents maybe that's not a complete list but pretty thorough and i added their age just for context I like it. Yeah. I mean, even if there's a couple of stragglers out there, I think you hit on, uh, on the main, <laughs> the main people here. There's a ton of them. Fantasy relevant guys. Yeah. So first one is Alan Robinson, free agent, Chicago, age 28. Yeah. Uh, man, I thought he, I, for some reason, I thought he was like 26 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, age 28 is concerning for the receivers. You know, that's, that's generally, um, when they start kind of fading out, uh, that's when they start declining a little bit, but man, Robinson, you know, I, I feel like he hasn't had many miles on him because he's had <laughs> such shit quarterbacks, but I, you know, he has the same amount of miles on him, I guess. So yeah, I, I hope that he goes to a different team. There's some talk about them possibly franchising him and keeping him in Chicago, which would just be a death sentence to him again. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm hoping for, for him that he can get on a green Bay or, or uh, I was talking about maybe like uh, Las Vegas, since they moved on from Tyrell Williams and got some money, they could bring Allen Robinson over there. Um, I don't know where he's going to go, but he's, you know, I, I think that there's almost anywhere, but Chicago would be awesome and beneficial to him. Awesome. Yeah. You always hear people talk about, this is actually kind of something I wanted to mention when I was looking at his stats, people like, He's quarterback proof, you know, he, no matter who's thrown to him, he's good, which is sort of true. But what I thought was, well, I love the Scott Fishbowl shirt. Love that. <laughs> nice, man. Oh, but really he's, I'm going to say only, and I don't mean only as in like only, but out of the seven years he's played, he's only been a wide receiver one, three times. So he hasn't always been quarterback proof. So like he finished PPR rank 65, 25, 190 and 40. Like, so 
even if he is quarterback proof, I don't want him to have to be. I want him to have a good quarterback so that like he is, he is a wide receiver one, no matter what, because put him on, you know, put him with almost 28 other quarterbacks in this league. And he's, and he's instantly a wide receiver 12 and above. I agree. Next one, Will Fuller, age 27. These are age at the beginning. This will be his playing age next season. So yeah, he might be 26 yeah. now, but whatever. Will Fuller. I'm, I, I stay away from paper mache hamstrings, uh, <laughs> which, which were not a thing this past year. But the reason for that was because he was, he was on steroids. He was on steroids. And I'm not knocking him for it. Clearly it worked. But he ain't going to be able to do it probably again. So his health is again in question, uh, you know, getting up there in age. If without Deshaun Watson, if he comes back to Houston, ugh, yuck. Um, you know, if he goes somewhere else, he's not going to be the wide receiver one. That's for sure. I'm not, I'm not too interested in him. I think he could be, I think he could be good for a football team. If you know, say yeah. he goes, say he goes to uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. Right. And he's their deep threat. That'd be, I think that'd be killer for him. And maybe, maybe it helps his fantasy value a little bit, but it's probably about the same. And and I don't want a part of him because of the injury stuff. Yeah. He's the type that if uh, I have him in my leagues, uh, if he does go to a juicy spot, I'm going to try to sell right away. So, but I don't have any of them in my leagues because yeah, I don't like paper sham strings either. (laughs) No, you nailed it though on the value spike if it, if it yeah. hits i mean that's what you do actually i think that's gonna be probably good for a lot of these guys um because right now where there's this, this limbo right you know they're free agents you don't know if they're gonna get tagged or traded or we don't know what's gonna happen with them but if they land in one of those perceived like hot spots like just sell because most of them are pretty old and, yeah. and don't have much upside yeah don't have much upside. all right next one Corey davis I'm I'm interested in this one. I love Corey Davis, man. Yeah, and I'm I, I yeah Josh is I'm interested in Josh's thoughts as well. I mean, Josh, if he goes to, um, trying to think of a team, if he went to Miami, Miami, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, or if yeah. he went to the Patriots, well, my with Miami, it would depend on the contract. But Patriots, I would not hate it at all. Let him overpay for him, but yeah trying to think i mean 26 years old man i like i i gotta be honest with you this is this is probably one of the few on this list that i'm willing to go out and buy uh, i think that he's i don't think his price is through the roof i think you could probably get him for less than a first at this point mm-hmm. and he's gonna end up in a in a <laughs> it's hard not to end up in a higher passing volume offense <laughs> than the one he's in now exactly. uh, you know what i mean so um yeah i i'm interested in Corey davis i don't know where the perfect landing spot is from i'm struggling to think i mean i hate i Hate it if he went to the Jets. I, I don't know if I'd like that at all. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think he needs to go somewhere with a quarterback, and I'd be pretty excited about it. What about the Browns if they get rid of OBJ? You know what? I was going to say that initially, but mm-hmm. again, the volume—you know—the the passing volume isn't going to be there for him again. That's the problem, and 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 it's going to be like having two Landrys, which isn't bad. But you and know, two I, players, yeah. It, yeah. but, but I don't know if I want Corey Davis for six catches for 60 yards every week. You know, like I, I, I want something a little bit better than that um, and a little bit more upside. So I, I'd hope for um, a higher volume passing offense or, you know, so, something like that. Do you think he could be a 
a true like alpha on his on his own team because he didn't really he wasn't I mean we got to give Tennessee a little break because they didn't always have good quarterback play for the first half of his career but it was not until AJ Brown entered the show with Tannehill that Corey Davis I mean I don't know if he broke out this year but he had a I think he's a great wide receiver number two. I mean, he had 65 catches for 984 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, it's not really a breakout. He had a 65 catch year, 891 in four in 2018. So, Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he he almost had an identical season two years ago, but he should be able to be 6'3", 209. He's a big boy, but it's just not – he hasn't proven it, so I can't say that he can be. And I – you know, I – yeah, I just don't think he can be. He seems to thrive in that in that second role as as a guy who can beat up on a little bit lesser talent on the defense and and maybe not maybe it's also like not having it in his head that he's he's gotta carry it all on his shoulders, you know. Some players are like that, man. And he he kind of seems like he doesn't have that alpha dog mentality in him. That's fair. All right. The next one is the youngest on our list, Juju Smith Schuster. I cannot believe he's only gonna be 24. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, and I get why he's like a huge dynasty buy right now. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it is that I'm not, this might be another one where like the uncertainty of the situation is clouding my judgment and wanting in, in going and buying him where, where I'm going to kick myself when he ends up on a, a great team on the dolphins or something, you know what I mean? Not a great mm-hmm. team, but in a situation where he's going to succeed God, in, no. in, in a fantasy landscape, <laughs> the Bengals, but, uh, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to see where he goes. I just think there's a lot of questions about him. I don't know if he was built off of being the main target in Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? Or yeah. it, it goes both ways because we, we were giving him shit for being the second guy to Antonio Brown. That's why he was getting all the targets. And then he's, you know, then he's the number one guy there. And it's like, well, he's obviously going to receive all the targets. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think this is a guy you should be looking to buy by low on before he gets uh gets moved to another team yeah i totally agree he's gonna be 24 at the start of the season he's he doesn't really have any health problems that you know i could think of you could probably get another i don't know five years out of him like solid five years and i think right now his price is probably the lowest it's been in a long time and i wouldn't want to wait till after free agency so this is definitely somebody I'm going to try to go out and get it, so. What's fair value for Juju? Um, probably like 109 or 110. Straight up? Which, yeah, probably. I don't think, I don't, I don't think you're going to get him for anything less. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I kind of think that's like a smash deal because you know what you're getting with Juju if he ends up in a good situation. Yeah. You know, I... I mean, I'm just looking at 2000. What if he gets sucked with the Jets with Sam Darnold? Like, and Darnold doesn't break out. Yeah, true. No, no, that's that's true for sure. I'm just looking in a a down year this year, right? We'd consider this year a down year, Mm -hmm. right? 128 targets, 97 catches, 831 yards, and nine touchdowns. Jesus. Yeah, man, it's that's uh, that's a pretty quiet good year. (laughs) That's a quiet good year. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was that, Josh? I said it was a good quiet year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, I mean, if there's, I guess, you know, if somebody's low on him, man, you got to go buy him 24 years old. It, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, to bet against that, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. 
All right, the next one on the list is I know a guy that me and you both like. He's actually older than I thought he was, but uh, Kenny Galladay. What do you think is going to happen with him? What do you think is going to happen with him? We're talking about tagging him. You think so? We Josh and I actually talked a little bit about um, just like the transition tags and stuff in, in AGP and franchise tags or whatever. And he came up and I was just like, yo, I, 27, man. I did not think he was this old. And he really hasn't done enough to, to demand, I think, like a, a major contract. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's the opportunity for them to tag him there um, and, and keep him, uh, which I don't know if it would be really good for him because he hasn't succeeded there. I don't know if, jo- if Jared Goff is going to help <laughs> that any. But, um, I mean, just looking at his, looking at his career here, uh, best year was 2019, 116 targets, 65 catches, 1,190 yards, 11 touchdowns. Other than that, he's had five or less touchdowns in every, in any given season. So, uh, that's not good. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, that, that honestly, it's like touchdown dependent kind of guy. Damn Um, that Marvin Jones. Yeah. Well, (laughs) he's going to be out of there. So, I mean, if they do franchise him, it's going to be Kenny Galladay's team. And, you know, so, I mean, there's that maybe he gets, you know, a little bit more of the target share, but, I'm not excited for Kenny Galladay at all. Maybe if he ends up on an, in a really good situation somewhere, if again, if, if one of those big teams like Green Bay decides to bring somebody big in, you know what I mean? I don't know that that would boost his value a lot, but I'm, I'm not really excited about Kenny Galladay going forward. All right. Next one, Chris Godwin. Again, just another guy like, I can't believe he's coming up the free agency already. It doesn't seem like he's been in the league that long. Maybe just time's, flying man the older i get it's just like it's like this guy just came into the league in my opinion it's like he just got here and now he's already a free agent so what do you think happens with godwin he's back in tampa one way or the other you think so yeah Yeah, i think so i mean hearing him talk on on the pat mccaffey show and stuff it sounded like he wanted to sounded like he was really happy with kind of how it went with brady this year he wanted to run it back um and I think the team wants, wants that as well. I, I don't think that letting any of these weapons go is, is really the right way to win with Tom Brady there at an old age. So, um, you know, a little bit of a down year. He had a couple of injuries, had to get that surgery on his finger. So, um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's, I think he's, a, he's, he's probably a buy. I sold him during the year, but it was literally – on the road to winning a championship. And that's the only reason I did it. I could see kind of the forest through the trees that he wasn't going to be the target monster um, that he was, but, you know, 84 targets, 65 catches, 840 yards, seven touchdowns. I, I, that's not, that's not what you're going to see next year. I think you're going to see improvement there with a, uh, you know, a full off season, full training camp, all that good stuff going into next year. Um, so yeah, I think they keep him there. I don't think he's moving. Um, but I, I do think that could only be for, a year. I, I think it's a very high possibility they franchise him just for the sake of saving money. Maybe they get a deal done after that. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Josh? Staying in uh, Tampa? I mean, I think that's it's the end result that's going to happen no matter what. Either it's going to be via the franchise or a long-term deal. They're going to have Brady for two, possibly three more years. Sign him to his short-term deal, high contract, fully guaranteed, and see if you can run it back. Do you think that... Um, do you think he'd be better off fantasy wise going somewhere else? Of course, because we know Brady. Well, it depends if AB is back, but we know Brady likes to 
share his targets around, not really target one main person. So I think if he's back in Tampa, it's not going to be as high of a share as if he was a uh, dominant number one or even number two on a purely throwing team. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he's going to excel both, you know, no matter where he would go, I think he would excel. Uh, obviously, he's got one of the best quarterbacks there in Tampa. So I, I kind of I like it for fantasy. I have a couple Godwin shares. I prefer if he stays. So, okay. Cool. You know, just I don't know. I don't. What if it, like again? I don't, I don't know why we're bagging on Sam Darnold tonight, but what if he's what if Sam Darnold's thrown to him? You know, versus Brady. You know, I'll take Brady. So meanwhile, Sam Darnold coming in for his breakout season this year. I know, I, <laughs> and he and he holds and he gets Juju and Chris Godwin both on his team <laughs> and just annihilates the entire league. <laughs> that would be so sweet. I'm I'm rooting for the kids still. So. Oh, so am I. He's so young. I mean, we talk yeah. about young players. He's 23, 24 years old. I mean, yeah. I, there, there's a chance Sam Darnold. Look, we cannot discount the effect that an Adam Gase can have <laughs> on player or players. Oh, man. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, you know, that that's, that's this is way off topic. But yeah, I really do hope he, that the Jets draft like an offensive tackle or a trade down and actually give the guy a fucking shot you know give, with him them. A, give him a two-year run it like all right yeah this is it you get you get this year next year and if it's if it's not good we're drafting a player in 2022 or whatever and calling it a day yeah, yeah. I, I, look i'm with you he he deserve. i really believe he deserves a shot yeah me too okay uh next one on the list curtis samuel he's going to be 25 when the season starts Dynamic player. Uh, I think people are like, oh, he didn't get used right at uh, in Carolina. And I, th- I, I think he did this year with uh, Teddy. I think he got used a lot better than with Kyle Allen and then the ghost of Cam Newton. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes. Hopefully he goes through like a really offensive-minded with a, you know offensive coordinator type team. I don't... You know where I'd love to see him go? 49ers. I mean that. I mean that'd be nice, but then they they have like three of the same goddamn yeah. players: Debo, <laughs> him, and uh, Ayuk. But so think about um, the Chiefs with Sammy Watkins out the door soon. Um, you know, McCole, they don't really have another guy there. I mean, Cole Hardman's good, but he I, I don't think he's really like a a wide receiver too. I think he's really more of a gadget player, wide receiver three kind of guy. I mean, like imagine getting that kind of playmaker next to Tyreek Hill, a guy who can do the things that he does run out of the backfield. You can literally run him as a running back. I mean, I can, I can just imagine the things Andy Reid would do with him. And from a fantasy perspective, it would just boost his value so much, obviously. So, I mean, fun to watch. it would be fun to watch That That would be that obviously it's a long shot. Probably won't happen, but I'm just thinking of like the offensive minded team like that with a guy who can scheme him up and really, a quarterback who can who can really use him. It would be really fun to watch. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe Buffalo. I don't know. I'm trying to think of places with that kind of quarterback and those kind of players that that would be that they could scheme them up and use them the right way. But I think I think getting out of Carolina is necessary for him at this point. Yeah, especially I mean, Christian McCaffrey does you know half the stuff that Curtis Samuel excels at too. So it's like yeah. There's really no need for him there. Yep. All right. Next one, Antonio Brown, 33. 33 years old at the start of the season. Crazy. Uh, 
simple. If Brady wants him back, he's back. If and not, if he's out of the league. you think he's out of the league? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I I talked about this on one of the episodes of Any Given Pod, and I was kind of like, well, maybe you can go to another team, but it's, you know, just 33 years old. Like, why? Why would a team waste anything on him to get that headache in there? We know Brady can control him, for lack of a better word. That You know, it's not the right word, but we know that he he's definitely has um, some sway over over Antonio Brown, and um, I think the only place for him is, is uh, Tampa. Unless he goes back to the Steelers one last year to run it back with Big Ben. I, I, <laughs> I just don't think that uh, – what's his name? will have him back there. Mike Tomlin. Just with how that locker room scenario went down. Oh, that's, this, that's right. I just forgot about that for It's not going to happen. But um, you, you know what's really perplexing to me? Like how – like I, I really think Antonio Brown still is like talented and athletic and it's just like not fantasy relevant. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, no. I mean, we talk about it all the time. There's some players that are realistic, relevant, but not fantasy relevant. I mean, he falls in that category. Yeah, sell him, sell him for whatever you can. Honestly, at this point in the dynasty league, just just sell him. Like fourth, third, whatever. He's done. I mean, you're not you're not going to start him. Very unlikely you're going to start him. If you and get if you a are, third, if you get a third jump on that, I mean, and if, oh yeah. And if and if you do need to start Antonio Brown, your dynasty team probably has a lot more issues. Than that. <laughs> What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next one, Nelson Aguilar, 28 years old at the start of the season. You know, I got to say, I don't know. I saw somebody on Twitter was like, you know, Nelson Aguilar is going to cause more problems in uh, Las Vegas for these rookie wide receivers than most people think. And I was like, nah, dude's not even going to be on the team start of week one. You know, they just drafted Brian Edwards. They have Ruggs. They have Renfro. They got Waller. I was like, Aguilar's there for training camp and then he'll be out but he's like one of the best wide receivers on that damn team last year so which is an indictment on the rest of the wide receivers on that team because he's really not that he's he's not that great I mean he's he's a solid role player but I mean we dude this is a guy who's getting clowned over in in Philly for dropping balls like you know he he's not he he's not a wide receiver one on any team he shouldn't be and he was for for Vegas, um, 28 years old. I mean, uh, yeah, he can go somewhere and, and be productive, I'm sure. But I don't, from dynasty perspective, I don't want any part of him. Same thing. If you get a third or fourth, do it. All right, next one, AJ Green, 33 years old. Uh, I don't care where he goes. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you guys care? No, not particularly. He just got drafted in like the twenty something round of that of that Devi draft I'm in, and I was shocked. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's done, right? Like, he, I'd be surprised if he doesn't retire next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. Marvin Jones, thirty one. Can't believe Marvin Jones is this old man. I remember Marvin Jones when he was on the Bengals. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Way I remember a lot of I remember a lot of receivers from the Bengals. TJ Hushmanzada, remember that guy? Hushmanzada, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I remember all these Bengals guys. I like them. I like their uniforms. I think. Um, yeah, Ocho Marvin Cinco. Jones. Yeah, yeah Ocho Cinco loved him. Um, Marvin Jones, I you know, I don't know. I don't. I guess it's going to depend where he lands, but um, I think he could still have some fantasy value. I do. Sure. He's old, but he plays that he plays a certain a specific role that is that is uh, that translates over to fantasy well. He's you know 
the he's the deeper threat um touchdown touchdown guy for sure so um i don't know if he ends up you know this could be a guy who who breaks our hearts and <laughs> green bay ends up trying to trying to fill the void with marvin jones you know what i mean but he'd be good over there probably i could say that yeah so it, it's gonna it's gonna really really depend on your on your landing spot with him but um i don't know he, he has some hope for production but 31 years old i mean he's definitely on the back end if you're rebuilding you're, you're selling him absolutely um next one ty hilton 31 uh can can't really believe he's going to be 31 hell of a career um he's another one i'm really not interested in where he goes but i'm very interested in the guys behind him like pascal and Pittman, and uh paris campbell and paris campbell yes yeah no i'm i'm all on board with all those guys i think Pittman is going to see a huge jump this year i I talked about a little bit uh last week where he they were just not used correctly at all. I mean, Paris Campbell is going to be more, more of the under, um, you know, the, sorry, the um, underneath throws, but uh, I think Michael Pittman is going to benefit a lot, but T Y Hilton, I am not interested in, in him at all. And maybe, maybe I'll, I'll pay for that, not pay for that, but maybe I'll, you know, regret that a little bit this year, but I've not been a T Y Hilton guy for the past couple of years. Uh, just with the injuries, his, uh, his frame, everything just kind of leads to him not being on the field. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just, I think his, his game is kind of faded later in his career too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, next one, Sammy Watkins, 28. This one's, I guess, a little yeah. more intriguing, but really I, what... care, but... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't care about any of these guys. No, yeah, no, I'm just I, personally with Watkins. I just personally don't care. I don't want. I personally pass I mean, prime. So when Walk when Watkins can't be fantasy relevant on the Chiefs, I mean, I'm out. That, that's bottom line. Like I, I like the player uh, coming out. You know, I mean, he he checks all the boxes. You know, coming from Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, the wide receiver school. Uh, he he should have been everything all the other ones were, but he just, he just never was. And I think some of it was work ethic at the beginning of his career probably led into the, to him just not hitting his peak ever. He was drafted by Buffalo, Buffalo, right? Buffalo and had a really big falling out with them. Yeah. Um, and then there was like there, I remember there was a period where he wasn't even going to like, he really didn't have a team. And then he got, he got picked up by the chiefs and kind of has just been riding the coattails of everybody there the whole time. Yeah. I agree with you there. Sell them if you can. Next one is a, a ex-draft crush of mine, Josh Reynolds. I think he went to Texas A&M, one of them Texas colleges. I remember watching him. I was like, man, Josh Reynolds is pretty good. Never really materialized, but playing behind uh, Cup and Woods and Cooks at the time. Uh, he never really got a fair shake. I mean, he, he's a decent role player. Um, I don't think anywhere he goes is going to be a the guy, so – not really interested in where he goes personally, but I am kind of interested in the guy who's going to come in and replace his spot on the field, Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about either of those things? Well, I was very high on Van Jefferson coming in last year, uh, you know, being the son of an NFL, former NFL receiver, having that pedigree. Um you know, he, he, sh- he showed in camp also that, that he can, you know, he can succeed a bit there. 
now with Matthew Stafford coming in, I think he'll have, you know, a lot more opportunity to show what he can do. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in Van Jefferson because I don't think it would take much to acquire him. Yeah, no, I grabbed a bunch of shares of him last preseason and I just kept, I've held on to him. So I'm hoping for a breakout year from him. I think he has a good shot. Uh, again, Matt Stafford is there. He's an upgrade from golf as far as at least accuracy talent wise. Like I think they're going to be able to do some more things in the offense than maybe McVay was comfortable doing with golf. So um, I'm excited to see what happens with Ben Jefferson. I don't see, they don't have a ton of draft. I think they have four draft picks this year. Yeah. I mean, they something like that, maybe, or maybe six, but they're, they're late. They're so. late yeah. yeah and, and also I think Van Jefferson is kind of an upgraded version of Josh Reynolds. He's a little bit more athletic, I think. Um, I, I agree. Think he might be, he might be slightly better of a route runner, even though he's younger. Um, I think that could be part of his game going forward that, that improves. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out. All right, moving on. Next one, Rashad Higgins going to be 26 at the start of the season. Yeah. He had a couple good games this past year uh, on Cleveland went once OBJ went out. So the sneaky option. Yeah. He, he is a sneaky little sleeper. Um, I'm just trying to think uh, one second. I'm pulling him up real quick. Um, yeah. He's been in Cleveland for five years. Never really had the breakout. I mean, his, yeah, I'm a little interested in him. I don't, I think you could probably get him for literally like next to nothing. So he could be a nice flyer if he makes it onto a team where he really gets a shot to play. He just hasn't had that before. I mean, his, you know, the most targets he's had is 53 and that was three years ago. Uh, that's just not enough to really see what a guy has. Um, he's 6'1", 198. So he definitely has the size to be, you know, number two guy. I have no idea what kind of team is looking for him, but if it's a, if it's a team that isn't loaded at receiver, I'd be, I'd be pretty interested in what he can do. Yeah, I think, no, I think he has a potential. It just matters about his landing spot. So. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. If you're watching the NFL red zone, which I'm sure we all are. uh, He's just one of those guys. It's like, Oh, there he goes. He he caught a touchdown. Like out of nowhere, you're like, shit, you know, Oh, there's Higgins again. Like, he, he has shown flashes, you know, it just, so it, it's, it's there, right? The talent's there, but yeah, just like you're saying, the, the opportunity that I got in Cleveland was not optimal to see exactly what you have with him. So, and he's only going to be 26. So there's he's some, been, he's been in the league since 2016 though, dude, that's Jesus. crazy. I feel, I'm mean, <laughs> honestly, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like think about how long he's been in this league and he's just, like no targets. He's barely, barely <laughs> fucking played. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy to me. Yeah. Put me in coach. Put me in. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Uh, next one, Brashad Perriman. I'm out. Be... <laughs> I'm out too. What about you, Josh? I'm out. Yeah. Never liked the guy. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think no, he... it wasn't, I never liked him. It was, he got drafted to Baltimore and I remember how it went in Baltimore and it was fucking bad. He was awful. He couldn't catch anything. He couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay on the field. None of it was good. I mean, he's 27 at this point. I'll get a shot down, but fantasy-wise, irrelevant. I feel like there's like a small cult following of like 
uh, dynasty players out there that are like huge pyramid fans. And I just, for the life of me, cannot understand why there, there are. And it's, it's like, <laughs> it, it's they're they're of my ilk for sure. Because <laughs> No, they like big. I know what it is. They like the big receivers and Brashard Perryman is six two two fifteen. He's fucking big man. And they're like that guy he was. And I think he ran like a nice 40 or something. They're like, he's fast and he's big. And he, he's Clemson. Not. Is he Clemson too? Or I, I don't remember where he came from. I think so. Central Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah. UCF. All right. That's why he sucks. Sorry. Never mind. Yes, <laughs> we have Willie Sneed. He'll be 28. <laughs> Willie Sneed, do you guys care? Not really. No. 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 All right. I, I'm impressed that Willie Sneed has kept himself relevant for as long as he had. Because I guarantee you he was on somebody's fantasy roster as their flex, getting them 10 points last year. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think his time's about up. I think so too. Well, that's uh, that's all the free agent wide receivers that we uh, care to talk about. Oh, there's one more, real quick. Des Bryant. Do you guys care? No. <laughs> Do I care that he wants to play two more years? No, because <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> all right. Oh my goodness. Let's we'll hop about some trades. All right, let's talk about some trades. All right. So this, uh, so this, this first one right here. Did this? Ha- this wasn't one of us that that made this trade, right? This is just a console wars trade. Yeah, just console wars trades. I. Baki man and I don't I don't I don't know who it was. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna pull it up. I want to see it. So the trade was Claypool for Hollywood Brown and Chenault. Personally, I think the Hollywood Brown side won it, but. Uh yeah, I mean that's kind of where I fell on this. I'm not a big Hollywood Brown guy by any means, but I think, um, I think he's you know still young enough, has that that draft capital that. He, he's got plenty left and Chenault, I mean, with Trevor Lawrence coming in there, his, his value is only skyrocketing. I like Claypool, but with the, you know, from a dynasty perspective with the quarterback change coming that we know is going to happen. Um, plus I don't know if he's Mapletron. Like, I don't know if he's really like that good. I know, I know he had a great year. I know he's good. I know he had the 40. I know he's a big guy, but you know, when you can get two young receivers for one who might have the same or similar upside, I think is a smash. I, I agree with you guys 100%. When I saw this, I was like, two just got a free Hollywood Brown, in my opinion, right? So I thought, Chenault, Claypool, you know, you're basically swapping players. In my opinion, only Chenault's going to have a better quarterback. We don't even know who Claypool's quarterback's going to be after a year. So I mean, Ben does come back this year. And you got Holly Brown as a throw in. I love that trade for whoever got Hollywood and Brown, so, so. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Actually, this was the new owner in our uh, in our consoles league. There was a one orphan, and he took it over, and he sold Claypool to uh, Bakeman for the Marquise Brown and Chenault. So you know he's trying to rebuild. He's trying to make his team his own. I think that's a really heady move when you're trying to do that and rebuild. You're you're gaining multiple assets for one. Um, and and really looking for some upside there. While while Claypool holds upside, no doubt, these are two other guys who have plenty of upside. So um, I love it for the Chenault owner. Me too. <laughs> Did you guys talk about this trade on uh, AGP? The yeah. Saquon. Well, if you guys want to hear about the Saquon trade, uh, tune into any given pod. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Perfect. Um, all right, Josh, what you all right, got? So, all right, I was actually nice. active for once on the trade in the trade market. Don't <laughs> quiet, but this week I said fuck it and made some trades. Um, so my first trade was I really like Najee Harris, as most people know. So I traded for him. I traded away AJ Dillon, 
2021 second, 2021 third, 2022 third, 35 fab, and Zay Flowers. So this is IDP? Uh, yeah. This is an IDP league? Okay. Uh, at first glance, um, I'm, I know I mean, it looks like I overpaid. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like you overpaid, not by a ton, but yeah, I mean, AJ Dillon, I mean, he could be similar to Najee Harris, I guess, if we think that, but, you know, obviously Harris is a much better prospect. I'm just trying to think of like how. So how put, it, put it in a little context, this is an orphan team that I took over and I'm trying to kind of make it into my own. So, so this isn't a Debbie league, right? Like the 2021 second, like you could. Like so the only Debbie picks are fifth round picks. Okay. 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 So, so the 2021 second, like you're picking from the pool of rookies coming yeah. in right now. Yeah. How? Oh, Najee Harris was probably a Debbie pick. That's right. What so doing. what it is, is you have your college team and your pro team and you automatically get the college players to the pro. You don't have to pay for it or anything. Like, so. Yeah. I mean, you got I, your guy, like I, you overpaid, but you got your guy. I probably wouldn't have done that. Um, I probably would have tried to to hold on till the second or something like that, and then, and then it probably looks clean. But I, you probably can't well, get it done for Najee Harris. I, I think I've shared my team. It's way too much to share right now. But my team's pretty deep, so I'm pretty happy with my team. I don't need a lot of draft picks. So there I have you go. Yeah. So I'm fine there. Um, my next trade was for Devonte Smith. I already have Waddle, so I wanted to grab Smith too. I traded away 2021 fifth round, which is a Debbie pick. 2020. Two fifth round, which is Debbie pick, and 75 fab. I, I like that, that one a lot. That seems like a smash deal uh, for Devonta Smith. Yeah, so Devonta Smith, um, not super high on, uh, you know, math and numbers and stuff is saying, hey, don't do it, which I'll, I'll, I'll be gladly to be wrong, but like, I still think that that value is insane because it's two, it's two Debbie picks. Those, you know, we've seen those. It could be a guy you pick doesn't even – Go to the NFL, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's all kinds of shit. So yeah, this this um, one is a head scratcher for me. I I feel like I don't know something. Um, But even if even if there's some wonky setup in this league, I don't quite understand how a a fifth round pick could be super valuable anyway. So um, I guess I guess somebody wanted some fab and and some dart throws, and they really don't believe in Smith. You know what I mean? I was I was shocked when he offered it. I was like, hell yeah. I, it must it must be that they don't believe in Smith. That's a yeah, smash deal for Smith. I mean, again, I'm with Uriah. I'm not I'm not a big Devonta Smith guy, but yeah, at some point, you know, you you got to buy in. <laughs> yeah, there's still a yeah, there's still like a value point where like y- you have to take him, right? Or you should should take him. Actually, and, uh, this is well be- well below actually, that. <laughs> this is well. This well. is great. I just um did a I just ran a um a mock on Sleeper um for the upcoming rookie draft and Devonta Smith went 12th overall which is pretty shocking so I think did, that, did Chase and Waddle go before him or after him uh I can tell you right now so if, if anybody wants to actually see the um the mock we did you can go on Instagram and on the Dynasty Football Factory account and we actually posted it there so the receivers that went before Devonta Smith were Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle, and Jamar Chase. Okay. 
So he was the fourth receiver off the board. We did a, a rookie mock um, with, with, all, with all DFF guys. We actually posted it on uh, Dynasty Football Factory on the Instagram. I posted it on Twitter. So you can go take a look and see it if you want. But Devonta Smith went 1.12. And I okay. think I'd take him at 1.12 too, or 2.1. I mean, depending, yeah. like I might take Rashad Bateman over him because I just, I like, you know, I like the big guys and that's, that's my deal. But I think that that is yeah. a fair spot to kind of just say like, all right, enough's enough. Pick Devonta Smith. This is a yeah, super flex. flex. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if he gets you out of 201, you have to, as, at, at that point, you go with the, the film. I mean, regardless yeah. of history and numbers, like you just, you kind of have yep. to. So. And then finally yeah. I made a trade. I traded for Marcus Mariota. I traded away 2022 third and 2022 fourth. I, I like that. I'm all, I, yeah, Love I've it. said, I think Mariota can end up on the Patriots easily. I think that if not, he ends up like backing up Ben Roethlisberger or something like that, which is a, a you know, pretty much a ticket to starting. Um, I, I like Mariota, man. I, I think he's a, he's a great flyer and you're not giving up anything for that. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm extremely happy with that valuation. So. I think, I think you're gonna be happy with that. Um, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. He, he came into play uh, in Las Vegas uh, this year, and when he was on the field, like he looked different. Like he just looked better than I remember seeing him in Tennessee. So I think, I think, and, yeah. And you're giving away a, a third and a fourth, right? And you're a decent dynasty player, so those are probably not going to be like three hundred one and four hundred one. Even if, even then, it doesn't even matter. It's a quarterback in a superflex league who's got a path to starting. I, I, I mean, love you'd that. You'd rather trade. have Mariota over. Trask right now and like that's the kind of area you're going to be picking Trask or a little bit before I, I think it's great right like Trask might go in the second of some of these drafts most likely third and you're getting Mariota for less than that pretty much which is great I mean he's he's a proven talent that's better than than that kind of a guy so um I like it one thing I want to say before we go out I have started my film reviews on the rookies and I'm, I started on the running backs that's the that's the group I started with Najee Harris, I I mean I am I am so going like I am not I am going I'm sorry Josh I'm going away from Najee Harris I he he Ooh. reminds me exactly of Todd Gurley okay and that's not and I mean that sounds like a compliment but it's no not. but I know what you mean yeah he he does not have in my opinion enough I mean he's going to be successful in the NFL don't get me wrong that's no, I'm not saying he's not like, he's, he's a really good player, but he doesn't have that elite like burst that, that I think you need. And like, I think Todd Gurley kind of lacked that too, where he was elusive. He can get away from people, but he doesn't have that like burst through the line and Najee just doesn't have it, man. And he's not a great blocker either, which kind of, uh, you know, which is not great for, for keeping him on the field. So he's just, some of the stuff I've seen on film concerns me a little bit. Um, he's a great pass catcher. I'll say that great pass catcher and he has incredible vision. So he's going to succeed, but I just, man, it is the biggest Todd Gurley vibes when I watch that guy. And I'm just like, I'm out. Like I'm good. Hey, we'll see. I mean, it'll obviously take two to three years to judge if that trade I made pays off or not, but. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So as I watch these guys though, dead ass, I'm like noting like who I think they like remind me of. So like each week I'm going to try to give one, one of these like, yeah, I like that. Trey Sermon. I, I have a, a a comp for him too now, um, and cool. so yeah, each week we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Sweet.
I love that. And just want to say, hey, man, good job doing some trades, Josh, because uh, I think at least two out of those three that you made were, you know, smash accepts for me. And just in general, like you're making your teams better. So kind of jealous. Appreciate good job. That. Hi, everyone. Thank you for giving uh, Dynasty Underdog a listen this week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just Your IFF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beam and DFF, and at Joshua Brigade GP. Have a good one. Yeah.